from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. It's brand new, season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company Centratech. I'll explore how 320-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast, will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Money Movers, welcome back to Money Moves, the daily podcast determined to give you the keys to the kingdom of financial stability, wealth, and abundance. Blockchain technology, cryptocurrency, and their application to Web3 are a new technological frontier, and we want to make sure the Money Moves audience is in the know. So welcome to Crypto School. To keep you up to date in this fast-moving and growing sector, we decided to bring back one of the future leaders in the Web3 space, Money Movers. It's time for another Crypto School with Alon Halpern. Hi, Alon. Hey, Tanya. How's it going? I'm good. I'm good. So glad to have you back. I get really excited for these crypto school segments. So let's dive right in. Let's do it. So today I want to talk about, you know, we've sort of talked about Web3. We've talked a little bit about blockchain in past episodes. But today I want to dive into like Crypto 101, you know, to really get an understanding of what is cryptocurrency and how important it will be. So where do we start in this big, massive world called crypto? Yeah, this is a great question. I think oftentimes people get confused with crypto, blockchain, Web3. There's all these terminologies that get thrown around. So like what really even is crypto? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so crypto is oftentimes referred to the the cryptocurrencies, these digital currencies that we can now use to exchange value. So some examples of cryptocurrencies include Bitcoin, Ethereum, Dogecoin, 
Solana, Polkadot, some of these other ones. Um, there's lots and lots, thousands and thousands of different types of cryptocurrencies. Wow, so this is so crazy. Like you just listed off all these different currencies. And, you know, I think it feels daunting to people because they're like, am I supposed to buy all of them, one of them? Like, are they, you know, can I use them at the grocery store? It's it is really daunting, but I want people to get a great understanding and not to be afraid to sort of dive into this crypto world, because I think there's a lot of tough, a lot of talk, there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of FOMO. Um, so let's back out, like, where do we start? Yeah, so I, I have kind of my own framework for thinking about cryptocurrencies, and I'll share that here for people. Feel free to take it or leave it, but this is sort of how I think about it. So I split cryptocurrencies into two segments. And these are, I'm talking about tokens here. So one is utility mm -hmm. and the other is sort of investing equity. I'm trying to figure out the right, the right terminology. No, you're right. So what do I mean by a utility token? An example of a utility token would be Ethereum. These are tokens that have an inherent value because they allow you to do something. So in the case of Ethereum, you actually can use Ethereum to build smart contracts, to write code, to build applications. It has a utility that's baked into the chain, mm. and it's more than just a representation of value for that ecosystem. Then you jump into these like equity tokens, and these are more that just represent the value of that company or, or of that project. So these are like traditional stocks. So if I go and buy Apple stock, mm -hmm. I can't really do anything with that stock. I can't like go build Apple products and like trade, you know, different kinds of things there, but I can buy and sell that stock. And that stock represents the value of Apple. Mm. So an example of an, of an equity token would be like Dogecoin, right? Mm -hmm. Dogecoin doesn't really have a utility baked into it, but it's just kind of this like speculative, fun, like, you know, ecosystem representation coin um, that, that people like, right? And so those are so, that's sort of the framework I, I use to determine how to, how to segment different types of tokens, how to evaluate them. I think that was a great example because it sort of it gave us an idea of like different types of coins. And I'm starting to sort of understand the bigger picture here. So where does Bitcoin fit into this? That's a great question. And I think in my framework, some people might argue against this. Right. So remember, this is just like kind of what I think. Mm -hmm. I would consider Bitcoin more of an equity than a utility token. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason being is because it's more of a transactional exchange of value token that it's like you can buy and sell things with it. But as opposed to Ethereum, where it's like there's this concept of gas and these these other use cases for Ethereum other than buying and selling and trading it. Um, so I would classify Bitcoin as more of an equity token. Doesn't mean it's not valuable, right? This is just two ways of classifying different types of tokens. Okay, so now that we're talking about Bitcoin, I'm super fascinated by it because it has a long history, right? So Bitcoin, let's go back into the beginning because I have a lot of friends um, who have been, you know, very deep into Bitcoin. You're always hearing about these Bitcoin millionaires. So can you tell us a little bit about the history of Bitcoin? Like, how did this come about? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think Bitcoin has a really cool origin story. So for those of you guys who don't know, Bitcoin is really what made crypto mainstream. It was like the first, which I think is why everyone's like, why is Bitcoin like $40,000 and everything else is whatever. It's because when you're the first of anything, you're the first to revolutionize something. Oftentimes you get the most attention and the most love, which is kind of what happened with Bitcoin here. So the story of Bitcoin back in 2008, after that financial crisis, 
someone by the name, by the pseudonym of Satoshi Nakamoto released what's called the Bitcoin white paper. And this is an individual or a group. I think it's still unknown who that who that person was. That's a whole nother segment because yep. it's a big deal in this world. Like, who is this person? They're completely anonymous. Nobody, they've never like raised their hand and said me. I mean, people have tried, but nobody knows. Nobody knows. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's super interesting origin story. I think people are still hunting for, for who the real Satoshi <laughs> is. So they released this white paper that basically explained what Bitcoin is, how it's going to work, how it's kind of a response to the financial crisis that the world was seeing at that time. And Bitcoin has not changed since then. Whatever was outlined in the white paper is still true today, which I think is really, really cool. That's the nature of how Bitcoin works, right? It's immutability, you can't go and change it. But also just the sheer foresight that this group or individual had about the challenges that they would face and overcome, which I think is really, really cool. So it really stemmed from like this financial crisis need and, and the troubles that we were seeing in the world at that time. And it was a kind of a proposed solution to those issues. So I'm going to piggyback on that too, because what I think was really interesting is what we saw at that time was all these markets crash. And you threw in like people like the Lehman Brothers, this, the gatekeepers to our federal financial systems. And it was a lot of that was because of some bad, what do you call them? Bad characters. So Satoshi and his group decided to create a decentralized finance system, right? It was on the blockchain and it was, we were all now gatekeepers of all these transactions. And I think that's what is like super fascinating about it. And fast forward, we are all working on this blockchain system to create a decentralized world. Yeah, absolutely. And really what Bitcoin is, is it just opens those doors, right? We uncover the hood. All of a sudden, all the ins and outs of how finance works and all, all these kind of gatekeepers is now completely open source, completely visible to the public. And you can just jump in and look at it. So it was sort of flipping the model of like these middlemen controlling everything with the banks and the government to like, let's just make it decentralized and anyone can jump in. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. 
I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Uh, thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, Listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Okay, I'm just going to put a little fun fact in here for you guys. Part of the reason why I think there's a lot of misnomers around Bitcoin is, yes, okay, back in the day, a lot of these, a lot of really bad transactions were happening on the blockchain and Bitcoin. So, like, there was a lot of illicit behavior. We, there was, like, what, what was the, uh, what was it called, the... Um, guys, Silk Road. Yes. Yes. Okay. Like the Silk Road where there was a lot of like anonymous drug sales, like people trafficking. So a lot of bad stuff happened in the early days of the blockchain and using the Bitcoin because people were doing anonymous transactions on it. And I think like that now has sort of dissolved a little bit and we've seen the use case of it grow and how it's been legitimized. But a lot of that translates into why people are very sketchy on using blockchain and Bitcoin to sort of um, move forward for legitimate transactions. So I just want to put that in there because I, I also can't figure out why people are really afraid of this. But I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, definitely. And I would say it's sort of a double-edged sword, right? Mm -hmm. Because transactions in the Bitcoin ecosystem are anonymized. They're covered by these random strings of numbers and letters, and it's all anonymous. But it's also completely traceable. Everywhere that Bitcoin went, mm -hmm. you can track exactly where it came from and who it went to. So there's a sort of double-edged sword of like, it's anonymous, but we can see everywhere it went. This is very different from something like cash, right? And it's funny because a lot of my friends' parents are like, oh my gosh, crypto is used for, for bad things and yeah. it's like a stock market. And I'm like, so cash? Like, right. Hello? Like, cash is worse because when I have this $20 and I use it to go buy something that's illegal, it's not traceable. Exactly. Like, there's no way to trace it. But if I have like $20 worth of Bitcoin and I use it to go buy something, 
all of those transactions are stored on a public ledger that everyone can see. And that's really how they were the, the government was able to uncover the origin of Silk Road and able to shut it down was because they could trace all of the transactions that happened from the people running it. Exactly. And figured out who it came from because those transactions were public and available. Exactly. So I love this. And I love um, in previous episodes, you talked about um, how, you know, using cryptocurrencies ha have really changed the way people in foreign countries can operate having bank accounts, and have really broken down some really old um, and quite limiting you know, beliefs people have had. So let's talk about it now. We're in the United States. You're tuning in from all over. Like, where do I go to buy a cryptocurrency like blockchain, like Ethereum, like Dogecoin, like Solana? The list is endless, we know. But like, where do I start by buying it? That's such a good question. I think this is like the first step where everyone's like, all right, I'm convinced. Let me go buy it now. Yeah. That's a really good question. So there's this concept of centralized exchanges and decentralized exchanges. So the easiest way to on-ramp into crypto and to go actually buy some is by going to one of these centralized exchanges that can take your credit card or your debit card mm -hmm. and you can actually purchase crypto with it. So some examples of these Coinbase, Binance, FTX, Kraken. These are just a couple of companies uh, that, that help you do this where you can kind of insert your, your card and your bank account and then buy crypto with them. That's perfect. Then there's this concept of, you know, so that's kind of centralized exchange, that's the easiest way. Then there's this concept of decentralized exchanges where once you have crypto and once you have a crypto wallet, you can now use these exchanges that aren't run by centralized companies, they're run by smart contract code, which I know we talked about previously, but there are these exchanges that are able to provide you with crypto and trade crypto all through code instead of through like a, a single party. So an example of a decentralized exchange would be something like Uniswap. Uniswap mm -hmm. was one of the first major decentralized exchanges. Uh, there's another one called SushiSwap. Uh, there are a bunch of other decentralized exchanges where you basically connect your wallet and you can buy and trade crypto with, with using this smart contract instead of using an actual company. Okay, so I love that. So here we are, you've got some money, it's in your bank account, you're going to download an app, basically, um, Coinbase is one of them, you mentioned Binance, some others, and you're going to transfer your good, hard-earned US dollars and decide on which cryptocurrency to buy. And this is the thing. This is where I tell you guys, you have to do your own research. This is this is not financial advice right now, you guys. We are just telling you and educating you on what we're excited about in this Web3 world. So then it becomes up to you to go and say, hey, let me look at this array of cryptocurrencies and let me decide about what I'm interested in, why I want to get into this market. And Elon, you touched on this before. There's some that are about utility. Um, and there's some that are about investing. So Bitcoin, I feel like, is a good example. Um, it's at something like $39,000, $40,000 right now. And the beauty of it is you don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. You can buy a fraction of a Bitcoin. So if you have 100 bucks, you can dip your toe in this water and transfer $100 into a wallet and then purchase some Bitcoin. And you can hold it, hope it'll go up just like a stock but you've got sort of your first toe in the water. And as Elon mentioned, there's tons of tokens and coins that you can buy. Tons, tons, tons. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I would highly encourage you. I mean, I think everyone will say this is in the space. Do your own research. Evaluate on your own sense, right? If someone tells you, hey, buy this token, don't just go buy it. Actually do a little bit of research. Read about it. Understand what problem is this token solving? What problem is this project solving? And if you feel like they have the potential to do a good job, then it's a great investment. 
Yeah, that's a great point. Okay, so again, um, and we'll get into this on other other episodes a little bit deeper, but you talked about this wallet. So I think of my wallet, you know, I put it in my purse, I put it in my back pocket. Um, you know, my wallet's now transferred a little bit to my phone because I have Apple Pay or Google Pay, so I can just sort of tap and go. What is a crypto wallet? Yeah, that's a great question. So in on blockchains and in Bitcoin and Ethereum specifically, there's this concept of an account. And an account is really this public address and this kind of private, private address, right? And that's kind of what a wallet is. It's sort of this representation of your identity where you can hold different assets. Um, and there are different applications and products that allow you to kind of create wallets really easily. So MetaMask is an example of a wallet. Or if you use Coinbase, your wallet is kind of kept track of by Coinbase. And they can give you your actual public address associated with your Coinbase wallet if you go and ask for it. Um, and there, we, can, we can leave videos or something on how to do that. But every account is sort of like a wallet here where you can hold your assets. The cool part about it is that you can access this wallet anytime, anywhere, as long as you have access to the internet. Oh, and now this is what I really love because, you know, when we talk about how we're sort of creating this decentralized world, like think about the bank. I can remember going to the bank with our parents when we'd have to actually write a physical check. You would take this check, you would put it in the bank, and maybe 10 days later, you would get that money. Now it's a little bit different, you know, and with Greenwood, one of the things I love about it, there's a lot of these, um, like, financial, digital asset, financial-backed um, banks, where banks are open 24 hours. This is a new development, but the beauty of having some cryptocurrency is you don't need a banker or a middleman in between, okay? We'll, we'll stay out of the weeds of gas and different things like that, but you hold the power of your money, your assets in your wallet 24 hours a day. Yeah, one of the popular phrases in crypto is crypto don't sleep. And not <laughs> only because there are a bunch of like DGENs, you know, trading crypto 24-7, but also because this whole system is run by code. So you don't need this nine to five physical location or, or human behind it. It's completely run by code and you can interact with it 24-7. I don't know how many people have tried to do like a money transfer before or a wire but that can take weeks. And now if you use crypto for it, it can be in seconds. Again, this is another one of the strong points when you talk about like, I have a lot of family that's in West Africa, and it was hard to send money. I mean, it would be like, oh my gosh, my aunt is going back to Ghana. Can you go and send her cash? Like how much could you send? Or is there a Western Union? So now this has sort of really changed the way that we can send money all throughout the world and globally. Okay, so last couple questions we've gone over here because there's just so much to cover. We keep talking talking about a wallet. Um, there are two types of wallet in this world. There's a hot wallet and there's a cold wallet. Can you tell us the difference and what that means? Yeah, for sure. So a hot wallet is basically a wallet that's connected to the internet. So it's a wallet that you can access digitally online. MetaMask is a good example of a hot wallet. There are lots of other hot wallets as well. A cold wallet is a physical wallet. So this is like a physical thing that you can keep, probably keep it in a safe box in your house. And this is something that's like on you, right? Um, and so there are different trade-offs when using a hot wallet and a cold wallet. Uh, people have different preferences. If you tend to lose things in the physical world easily, maybe don't get one of those, right? Maybe, maybe stick with the hot wallet. Um, so that's kind of the main difference between hot and cold wallets. 
I love it. All right, Elon, I think we're running out of time, but guess what? We will have her back again for more of Crypto School, where we are going to dive deep into other conversations in the Web3 world. Check out our soon and upcoming What Are NFTs? Um, and much, much more. So Elon, can you please share with our audience where to find you on social media? Absolutely. You can find me on Twitter at 0xElon, and you can find me on Instagram as HelperNesta. And I'll be sharing lots of crypto education and Web3 education stuff on both of those platforms. And make sure to tune in Monday through Friday and subscribe to the Money Moves podcast powered by Greenwood so that you too can have the keys to financial freedom that you so rightly deserve. Thank you so much for tuning in, Money Moves audience. If you want more or a recap of this episode, please go to thebankgreenwood.com and check out the Money Moves podcast blog. Money Moves is an iHeartRadio podcast powered by Greenwood, executive produced by Sunwise Media Inc. For more podcasts on iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare it's brand new season two i'm marissa thalberg and i'm stephen wolf and we're excited to be back having bigger bolder and always real conversations Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company, Centratech. I'll explore how 320-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every family has an origin story one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.